0: everybody, welcome to another episode of Go With The Float, I think this is like episode 8 at this point, I always forget. Um, another special episode, got two special guests in the building, my second time doing the double episode, we got Max and Jalen here. Welcome to the show guys.
1: Appreciate it, glad Thanks to be
0: right. here. Thanks for having me. And so you are both on the basketball team and I wanted to sort of record this to coincide, oh okay, I'm supposed to say that we are Recording this episode on Friday, November 5th. I was told to say the date of the recording because, like, I would release episodes like a week or two after I recorded them and say, like, oh, this happened yesterday. And, like, so yeah, this is uh, November 5th. But yeah, I have uh, Max and Jalen here. I wanted to record this right to coincide with the start of your basketball season. Um, And I mistimed things a little bit, but it it is. We're we're going with the flow. It it is what it is. But. (laughs) The way that I always start these episodes is I ask my guests to introduce themselves, tell me what the, where they're from, stuff they do around campus, and just any other general thing that they would want the, the listeners to know. So if you could each just introduce yourself. Yeah, my name is
2: Jalen. I'm originally from Toronto, Canada. Second home is Lynchburg, Virginia as well. Senior, can't believe it's senior year. Um, and I like to game, I'm gamer. And I've been making beats sometimes. So. <laughs> Max. I'm Max.
1: I'm from High Point, North Carolina. Senior as well. Besides basketball, I like I like fashion. I like to dress. I like to play chess. I'll be skating around campus.
0: I'm
1: on board. I read books. Read a lot of books. So many
0: books. <laughs> <laughs> and you're both roommates, correct? Yeah. Okay. And you didn't say your majors so are your major. I know your major. That's why I'm it's a leading question.
1: Uh, yeah. I'm a neuroscience major.
0: Fellow, fellow neuroscience major. Love to see it. Yeah. Uh, history major. History major? Nice, 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 nice. How did you each decide which majors you were going to um, pursue?
1: For me, I, like, bounced around a lot. I came in thinking I was going to be a philosophy major, but uh, I think the kinds of questions I was interested in about philosophy were, like, metaphysical in nature, and I kind of missed pragmatic aspect of science, you know, like... I was, like, looking for answers, because in philosophy, it was, like, almost no answers. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, talking in circles about it, yeah. <laughs> <isn't it? laughs> Um And kind of fell into fell into neuroscience. There was a book that I read by Douglas Hofstetter, Go Escher Bach, like, The Eternal Golden Braid. And it kind of, like, it was like a fusion of philosophy and neuroscience. And I was like, oh, this is really cool. So I kind of just fell into it that way.
2: Nice. For me, it was, a. Uh, it's still, like, a long process of figuring stuff out. I'm still figuring a lot of things out, but, uh. I think when I first came to Virginia, I took, like, a U.S. history course. uh, Not AP or anything, just normal U.S. history. And it was the first time that I had a class where I was like, well, like, this is really interesting. And I think, like, U.S. history kind of stuck with me since then. So I try to concentrate on it a little bit.
0: Gotcha. And I'm always curious as to how people decide on their major and how much people even like their major because the episode that's going to come out monday was with someone julia who's so great she's a physics major and she absolutely loves it and i'm a neuroscience major which you know i don't really love it that much so i'm always curious as to like how people decide on their major if they actually like it that much but yeah yeah. i
1: think you told me once about how you decided narrow it was like a falling place uh like after coast.
0: Yeah. No, no, no. After it, I was uh, a CB premed once upon oh, a time. Yeah, tough. yeah, yeah. Very, very I haven't tough. I've heard
1: great good things about
0: CB. CB's it's not great. It's I mean, I, engineering at Princeton was just extremely difficult. I only lasted like two sem- two months, and it was it was bad. I had to do two semesters of physics, which to this day like ruined my GPA. But that's that's a topic <laughs> for for a whole other conversation. Yeah. But Jay, like you mentioned, it's crazy that we are already seniors because I was just looking at my courses. Um, cause course selection is about to happen. All the courses came out, um, yesterday and I was putting my schedule together and it was insane to think about how this is the very last time that we're going to have to do this because it seems like just, just yesterday we were the, we were here our freshman years putting our schedule together for the first time, trying to do absolutely way too much. And now we're at the point where this is our very, very last course selection. So it's just, just very interesting to think about. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so like I mentioned, you guys are both on the basketball team. So I guess first question, um, How did you both decide on committing to Princeton to play basketball? Because I imagine you you both had offers from multiple schools. Um,
2: Yeah, I I think Princeton was the first school to ever contact me. I think it was my freshman year of high school. And then they started sending me mail. And then I went to their elite camp uh, at the end of my freshman year of high school. And I came here, played with some of the, um, like I played with um, Devin and Miles and like Amir Bell and all these guys and like since then I built a relationship with uh, the coaches for like four or five years because I did an extra year of high school um, and then once like offers started picking up like it was it was a great feeling but there was nothing that matched like the relationship that I built and also like it's so hard to pass up the academics here especially with like the great athletics as well so yeah it was it was uh, it was like midway through summer before senior year when I made my decision July 24th.
0: Remember the exact date. I like that. <laughs> That's good.
1: For me, I think it really struck me how well or how how great friends um, Miles and Elias were when I came on my unofficial visit, like, over the summer. They gave me and my dad a tour of campus, and they were just, like, close to each other. Like, they were just boys, and I really liked that aspect. And I think just generally at Princeton, like, there's good team chemistry. Like, I think, at least in my experience, like, People are close to each other outside of basketball. Like these are the people that you'd hang out with, even if you weren't on the team. I mean, you know them by nature being on the team, but like you're cool with each other outside of it. And I thought that was really cool. And it's something that I like, just finding a cohort of people within um, the larger student body has been really cool. I really
0: like that. Gotcha. And you actually, you touched on two things that I'm going to ask you about down the road in friendship, like amongst your teammates, but also being able to, build a sort of team chemistry, which, but again, I'll get that in a little bit. Um, and so after you, you committed Princeton, you come over here. Um, one thing that I'm really fascinated with, and I really respect out of student athletes is the time commitment that you put to your sports, especially at a place like Princeton. Princeton is not easy for anyone. It is a huge time commitment, whatever major it is that you are we're both neuroscience majors so i know exactly all the classes that you've had to go through not quite a history major but i know that it's also a lot of work so what was that adjustment like coming to princeton being a student athlete being able to manage your time like how quickly would you both say that it took you to feel like you you were in a consistent pattern and that you were you were in a in a a groove to the point where you you weren't like drowning in all the work that you had to do
1: (laughs) well honestly Probably two semesters. My my freshman spring, like when we started our Ivy League schedule for the first time, like I honestly I didn't really know how to manage that well. Like I was I was taking some classes, like I was taking linear algebra and like why and like macro. That's a different set of problems. It actually It's, helpful. it's actually helpful now because um, like a lot of neuro, like computational neuro, is like. Sing, like singular value singular value decomposition, like all these like neural, uh, all these like neural terms. You
0: you could curse on here, oh, it's fine okay. if if you want. <laughs> it's like it's like all these
1: like transformations of like lots of data. Um, it's come in handy now, but like at the time, I just like was not doing the work for that class. Like I didn't have the energy to do the work. Like I wasn't communicating with my professors that much. But like, oh, I'm missing this class because it would meet on Friday and we were traveling on Fridays, so like. I just wasn't going to class. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking like I could do this. I could do the P sets just by like looking through the textbook. And that really wasn't the case. So I, I think I had to learn how to like structure my work, like how to plan what I was going to do that week before it came, you know, like, and I, and I took time. Um,
2: yeah. I think freshman year was like a whole buffer year trying to figure it all out. And, uh, definitely getting booted out at the end of sophomore year didn't help because it felt like I was like getting in the stride um and then it kind of messed it all up so in a way I feel like I'm still trying to get <laughs> yeah um, but yeah I think freshman year was definitely uh definitely false semester with that writing Sam and like yeah it was it was a an adjustment adjustment but I think going to like Boarding school kind of helped out as
0: yeah. well. Like, yeah, writing some, first of all, I maintain that it did not change my writing at all. But I'm also very similar in the sense that freshman year was a struggle, didn't really find my balance. And it wasn't until that sophomore spring when we got when we got kicked off campus that I started hitting my stride and then COVID sent us all home. I really relate to that in the fact that I had to come back and like figure everything out again. And I'm still not the student that I was pre-COVID. I think there's this one tweet I saw that said the student in me died in March of 2020. And I I fully relate to that because even now that we're back on campus, I'm just sort of like getting by and straggling, but I'm not the, I would like to think I was a pretty good student before COVID, but now I'm just like trying to get by a few months away from the degree and just, you know, trying to to get there any way that I can. (laughs) But could you just, again, so kind of on topic, could you just walk me through your weekly schedule? What things look like, um, when you're out of season, and then what things look like when you do get into season.
2: So I mean, out of season, uh, we usually have pickup like once a week, once a week, Saturdays. Yeah. Um, and it's definitely a lot less training on. Like, we we'll, we have two off days, I think, and then off season is like two lifts. Two yeah. lifts. Two lifts, I think, and um,
1: it's probably three. I think we are NCAA requires we get like six hours of supervised training and and like there's like a maximum so i think we went like an hour a day or like hour and a half a day or something like that The two off days and they're kind of more like skill sessions or like they're supposed to be like smaller group stuff but i guess this year we did a lot more what did we do this year it was like more team oriented stuff we worked out as a team
2: yeah i Um, I think it was a a different year coming back, so we needed to be around each other since yeah. we spent so much time apart. But uh, yeah, there's like a certain amount of time when the coaches can be with us preseason. But then, like once the season starts, which is pretty early, like what was it, uh, September thirty or something like that? Yeah, so. October first. October first. Yeah. yeah. Um, since then, we've been going full force, and yeah. uh, a, like on the daily, a uh, gym visit is can start from like two fifteen. And then we don't get back until the to our room until maybe eight. Damn! Eight.
1: <laughs> but it's just, it's crazy because like, you you get to the gym at like two fifteen. You got to see Jamel, or our trainer, and like get taped to, like do some exercises, whatever. Like lingering injuries you might have. And you might work out with a coach, like a sh- like a shooting workout or just like some one on one thing. Um, and you might go to lift after that, like at three thirty. That's probably an hour. Three thirty, four thirty. Practice, like, 4.45 to 7, 4.45 to 6.45, something like that. Um, then you just shower.
2: Ice bath. Yeah,
1: you get a tubby, <laughs> yeah, you get an ice bath. And then, like, get into canon before it closes.
0: Damn. that! It, even just hearing that, like, I don't, it doesn't make sense how, on top of all the schoolwork that you have, you are still expected to have that amount of time requirement into your sport which is extremely necessary yeah. to compete at the love that you do and it seems like you're working two full-time schedules at the same time and somehow balancing it so again I just I respect the amount of the amount of work that that student athletes do especially at a place like Princeton because I know some other schools it might not be as much of an emphasis on school but here there's like no way to get around yeah. doing, doing all no the dodging it there's time. there really is no yeah. dodging all the work yeah. that you have to do but okay so um, I know that last year there was a large percentage of the student body who decides to take a gap year. And I want to say the m- large majority of that were uh, student athletes. Could you just both speak to your decisions on uh, to not take a gap year?
1: I think our, I wouldn't say that our coach was kind of urging us to like not take a gap year. And I don't say that to say that like he, like I was only listening to him, but there was, I guess it was like, I didn't really know what else I was going to do. The aspect like the thought of just kinda of like sitting around at home didn't really sit with me very well. And there was a, there was like a prospect of us getting a season, you know, or at least being able to come to campus and like train and like be around each other. So like I guess those factors like I was thinking let me just like work through this, you know. Stay in school and like see what happens. It's not really a great answer, but <laughs> like, there's
0: no good or like, bad answer. It's, it's a, yeah. Like
1: just <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah, I didn't, I didn't decide to take one uh, because I knew that if I turned my brain off, there's no way I was getting it back on, so I needed to stay at least somewhat engaged, even though that changed over online school, what being engaged meant, um, but, and also I knew that if I, as much as like I love being around the Princeton team and Princeton basketball, like I would have an opportunity to have another year of eligibility, like post graduation. Uh, that's valid too. And like, getting the opportunity to play somewhere else, like at a like one of them schools that have a billion um, people coming to games and stuff. Like a lot of hype around their sports would like be like a crazy change. Um, like not to say that there's not a lot of hype around here, but
0: there isn't. You don't have to. You don't. You don't have to lie. And this is something that we'll get into in a little bit. And so just. Um, like a little bit of background, I for me Duke was always my dream school. I was able to go to a basketball game there our freshman year, which was at like Zion year, which you guys actually played them. I'm gonna ask ask about that <laughs> in a second, but. The way that the game you walk in, everyone's decked out head to toe and blue and white, everyone's standing the whole game, everyone's cheering, that is something that I really wanted out of my college experience, and it doesn't exist here. You don't have to try to, like, sugarcoat it. I think we're all we're all fully aware, especially those of us who are, like, sports fans, that, like, there really isn't much of a, like, atmosphere on the sports i think the homecoming game was probably the closest yeah. that i've seen to like an actually hype atmosphere since i've been here but yeah you don't have to like sugarcoat it i think we're, we're all aware that we go to princeton and it's like people don't really care about sports yeah. as much as we homecoming should
1: homecoming was the most people i've seen at a sporting event ever
0: apparently there were apparently there were ten thousand people there which i would believe because it was actually it was packed it was yeah. insane yeah that that was a pretty
2: sick event i um home pen freshman year was also the closest yeah i think felt, it was like eight thousand nine hundred something like that yeah uh, that was sick yeah that, that's my decision for take, not taking a gap i think it's paying off
0: Gotcha, and it's funny that you say that um well one thing that each of you said you said that you didn't want to turn your brain off because it would be hard to turn back on I fully felt like I turned mine off, and it's still, like I said before, <laughs> I'm still in the process of turning it back on, and my quality as a student has fully dropped. And Max, one thing that you said, I f- I m- it makes sense that um, what you both talked about, about being able to take a, a like a post-grad, not a post-grad, yeah. just doing a year somewhere else after, but when you said that your coach encouraged you to come back, I would have thought that it would have been the opposite. So honestly, I like that because it sounds like he actually is looking out for like each of your individual individual interests rather than like being like, Oh, like take a gap here, so you can spend two more years at Princeton basketball and give me more time. But he's like, okay, I'm looking long term, so I want these guys to be able to go play somewhere else, which is kind of cool to hear. I would have, I don't know what I would have expected, but that's that's cool to hear.
1: Also, probably for him, it probably skews recruiting numbers up too. If he has like nine people coming back, it's like your team might be like 24 people. We have a big team this year, but we only had two people take a gap here, Um, and I think. Generally, he tries to plan to have our team, like, a particular size. So that would definitely just throw things off if, like, everyone took a gap year.
0: Compared to the women's team, I was best, the women's team are, like, OG 2022. I feel like every single one of them except Nina took a gap year, I want to say. But, yeah, lot, lot, yeah. so, again, okay, cool. Um, And then another thing you guys touched upon, could you take me back to – you mentioned how there was a possibility of having a season last year. Could you take me back Um, to – last season, and when you found out... So you guys, you decided not to take a gap. You're like, okay, we're going to work towards our season. Could you take me back to that moment when you found out that the Ivy League was not going to be having a season? Yeah, I was...
2: When when was that? Was that in September or...? I actually don't remember. I think it was early summer, right? When they Um, decided... Because I think they decided no season like super early. Yeah, it was I think it was in the fall. In the fall? Yeah. Yeah, I think I was just like what does that mean for us like just as students and um and then i just decided that because uh, i was i was working in virginia down at the time at my high school and i had free housing and free food and like 24 hour access to a gym so i was like well i guess i'm just gonna stay here and keep working add some to the resume but it was just like dang i i'd, I'd like everyone else yeah. is still playing, but I guess this is what I'll do now. Yeah, I guess I'll just be an assistant coach. <laughs>
1: yeah, it was definitely deflating. Like I guess we were all like, kind of just stand ready. We didn't really know what was gonna happen, um, but you're like in the gym, like staying in shape and stuff. And then when they when they announced it, it was kind of like, it's like dang. Like I guess what do I do now? You know, and I kind of I kind of fell off. Like I really was not really like working out like I should and I was like really not staying up to date with the stuff that I should have been doing so it was really just deflating honestly and then to watch everybody on TV play and like they're all having a season but they were also struggling too like you would always hear such and such is out for COVID like and week to week you would see like performance of teams change based on who's available so um in all fairness, it was probably a good idea for the Ivy League not to have a season.
0: No, it wasn't. You don't have to lie. No, but
1: I think, <laughs> I think the rest of like, the country other... struggled to, like, make it work. Like, Roy Williams literally retired because this season... Well, he was old, first of all, but this season was, like, so taxing on him. Like, managing not only players in, like, a season, but also managing people's health and, like, making sure people don't get COVID. And, like, kids kids would get in trouble for, like, leaving a dorm and getting a pizza or something like that. And, like, they get all these disciplinary actions so it was like I think it was a t- it was tough for a lot of college players to manage covid and I wish we could have played but at the same time I think it was probably really difficult to manage an entire season
0: and honestly I agree I agree with you to a certain extent but it's funny cuz on the what you just mentioned is still happening literally Aaron Rodgers just got covid so he's yeah. going to be out like all pro athletes it's still happening people are still missing games cuz um, cuz of covid but We were, the Ivy League was literally the only, I'm pretty sure the only D1 conference who who didn't have a sports league. So if everyone else could figure out a way to make it happen and at least make something of the year for the student athletes, I don't think there was an excuse as to why the Ivy League has to be the only exception. And yes, safety and all that (laughs) stuff, but like, if everyone else could make it happen, I think there should have been a way or at least some sort of attempt to let you guys have a season rather than just having you sit sit on your asses for a whole year.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, again, you guys, what, you guys are, like, you guys want to, like, sugarcoat stuff? I'm like, I have no, I have no attachment to anything. I get to speak my mind freely, which you should as well. Um, But, yeah, that's just, that's just the way I look at it. And then you kind of touched on this a little bit. How difficult was it watching everybody else play and just being like, damn, we are the only ones right now not getting to have our season? I mean, I didn't watch. (laughs)
2: I uh, did other things I watched Love Island instead nice yeah so it was it was too hard because like trying to imagine myself wanting to be there and stuff like that so I just I just indulged in other things
1: yeah that's a good answer I definitely watched <laughs> and, like I was I was I was jealous honestly but also seeing empty gyms and like everybody's wearing a mask like I didn't really. I didn't really want to go through that. But at the same time, I wanted to be, like, playing basketball. I wonder who. So, I don't know. Mixed feelings, for sure.
0: Question. Because we have the indoor, um, like, uh, mask mandate, do y'all have to wear masks when you play? No. Okay, good answer. I was, okay, thank thank <laughs> God. <laughs> I was about to be like, I'll start some sort of protest. Can you help me have? Even that's the nothing. Like, watching, like, it, it makes no sense. I feel like a lot of the stuff around, like, masks are very arbitrary. So, they're like playing sports in close proximity but putting a mask on i don't know how yeah. much that is doing so okay that is that is that is very good to know we had to
1: wear them last spring when we were on
2: campus last that spring, was brutal
0: bro last but, spring jalen were you on campus last spring i was not good good yeah. for you you it was it was bad yeah. every single time that we reminisce on last spring i'm like i don't know how we like how we survived that yeah. between the social contract and everybody snitching on each other. That
1: was bad. That was the, the worst part. bro. That,
0: <laughs> that was the, Oh, don't we're not. Okay. No, yeah, we, we won't even get into it. That we will try to leave the past in the past. Yeah. So yeah, everyone who wasn't on campus last spring, whenever they ask if they missed anything, I'm like, absolutely not. I was here. Where were you both in the, in the fall? Were you both home? I was at home. Man. Okay. I was in Virginia. Okay, gotcha. Because I moved to an apartment off campus in the fall, and it was so much more of a better time and so much more fun than it was in the spring because a lot of people weren't here, but there were enough people to have fun. There was no one got COVID the whole year, no incision on each other, no social contract, no nothing, so we were at least a little more free. Whereas in the spring because the university invited so many people back. Even the people who were off campus were subject to the social contract, which was such bullshit. And everyone was snitching on, cam- snitching on each other both on and off campus. There was just this heightened sense of awareness and sensitivity. No one wanted to do anything. It was bad. I should honestly. I need. I want to get Oz Grouper back on here just to be like, how do you feel about the this yeah. this spring that y'all made us have?
1: He'll give you a very diplomatic answer, you know. But <laughs> he would. He would. It's, He's a, yeah. It's, good, it's fair enough to bring it up to him, you
0: know. Yeah, I need a, a state of state of the union part two, President Oz Grouper. If you're listening, I would like to think that after I got him on here, that he listens to every single episode. Yeah. Probably hasn't thought about me since, but <laughs> it doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm um, fast forward into now we're back on campus you guys are prepping up to to have a new season and this is nothing that you guys kind of touched about a little bit um because you weren't able to have a season last year what was that team chemistry like coming back because there was a class who graduated no season last year so now there's two classes freshmen and sophomores who haven't played before the juniors who did they have a full season they're mostly
1: a full like had everything but a postseason.
0: Everything but a postseason. And now you guys are the seniors who are the only ones who have had a full year. So what has it been like? What has the team chemistry been like um, coming back with a lot of new pieces coming back? Um, it's been definitely
2: challenging in terms of, like, uh, leadership aspect because we didn't get that junior year to, like, try. I felt like sophomore year, we were just focused on playing. And then we are like junior year, maybe we'll start, like, learning how to be leaders and stuff like that. But now we're just kind of thrown out there. But I think team chemistry-wise, like I don't think there was any issues gelling with anybody or like trying to figure people out. Like it took like a week of trying to get to know people before it was like, wow, these are these are the homies. Like it's no it's no issues.
1: We're we're pretty close as a team, and I don't think um, like coming back in the spring was good in a sense because it was like ten guys or twelve guys, um, and there was no. You were just training, you know, there was really it was really training for training it was nothing on the other end of that and uh, I think Drew, Drew Conrad e, Conrad, Jacob and Elijah Barnes had a home off, had a house off campus and it was good just to kick it and like be close to each other in that aspect um, and so coming back this year I think this it's the same kind of vibe, like I think our team is pretty unselfish in that aspect like we just we're just boys like we look out for each other and stuff like that uh so team chemistry has been has been fine i think underclassmen have sort of been like sponges trying to just absorb everything they can um about like the standards of the team and like how to work through the offense like in plays and stuff like that
0: gotcha and even just another thing that you just touched on um as the seniors it is your you're you are the you're the you're the you're the ones that all the underclassmen look up to. You're the ones who are the experienced ones. You're the veterans. So, how do you approach that responsibility and of being the ones that are? being looked up to and the ones who it's it's the onus is sort of on you to make sure that the team is a unit together how do you guys approach that responsibility do you have any like special ways to make sure that the team's always gelling and clicking and hanging out with each other or just in general could you just speak to uh, speak a little bit more on that role as a senior and that responsibility that you have to make sure that the team is just one cohesive unit both on and off the court
2: i think the way that like i like to do it is because i don't It's, like, uh, more of a process for me to be, like, a vocal leader. I like to be more of a leader by example. And, like, one of the examples I try and set is just being, like, 100% myself every day. So that, like, I, like, it serves to create a space where they can be themselves with, like, fully at all times. And when everybody's being exactly who they are, like, I think that's when it creates a space for people to be 100% open to each other. And, like... That's what I think we need to be, like, to be able to have those hard moments where you gotta like say some stuff that they might not like, but it's gonna get the team better. So like, they, if they know that's coming from a place of like pure genuineness and from the heart, then it's like makes it so much easier. Yeah, I think that's a
1: really good answer, and I think um, I think if like if underclassmen know that you're also, like, it's, like, a work in progress. Like, the process is never, like, fully figured out. Like, I think that makes them also, like, willing to engage in that practice as well. Like, for me, uh, I'm also not the most vocal person, but I I think I'm good at, like, one-on-one approaching you and, like, talking to you and stuff and, like, oh, let's shoot together. Like, let's, like, I'm going to show you how I pass you to rock every time. You know, like, I'm going to show you that I go hard on every rep uh, and I'm not I'm not really trying to set an example for everyone, but it's like if I could help this guy who I know can get better in this way and I know that's like struggling, if I could be real with him um, and like talk to him in the locker room one on one and stuff like that, then like I'm having an impact. I think my impact is really more individual, you know.
0: Gotcha. So if need if both if you're both to like show by example And you're not as vocal. Who's the one who's like yelling at the practices? Like, yo, do better. Who is it? Who who takes on that role? Is it it the coach, or is there is there a player who does that? (laughs) Honestly,
1: it's probably it's probably much.
0: He do he do be yelling, Um,
2: but I I feel like also this year I have also been yelling a good amount Um, because I kind of have to now. So I've been trying to be a lot more vocal. But past years, I didn't say anything. Gotcha.
0: And it's like I mean, for me, and again. Very, very different levels of talent in this room when it comes to basketball. But because I played all through high school and I was also a captain my senior year. And it was also that sort of struggle of like switching from that role of like, okay, you're going hard every possession, you're going hard every rep, just trying to lead by example to your coach pulls you and he's like, okay, I want more out of you and being a leader and like getting vocal with guys. I'm like, all right, if you want me to yell at people, I guess, coach, I guess, I guess I'll start yelling at people in practice too. But yeah, it's just interesting to see how everyone everyone's style has to, like, mature a little bit when you get that little bit more responsibility. So mm-hmm. I'm just always curious as to how people are are taking that on. Um, but Okay, so transitioning now even more into into this year, you just said your season starts in two days. Um, who's your first game against?
1: Uh, Rutgers-Camden.
0: Rutgers-Camden. Okay, and is that a home game? Yeah. Okay, but well, by the time this comes out, the, it would have I would have I said people should go to the game, but by the time this comes out, the game would have been, like, a week ago. Um, but what would you both say you're most just excited about um, going into this season?
2: It's been so long since we uh-huh. played an actual game, and I just want to put the, the jersey on and get that, like, first possession out of the way so we can just, like, start moving forward. Like, you always get that first uh, tip-off nerves and stuff like that, but I just want to see the ball go up have the lights, have people be in there, like, chatting and, and like, cheering and stuff. I just want to, like, have that first moment, and then I can just be like, all right, it's done, let's go.
1: Uh, I'm actually really excited to see, uh, like, how far we go as a team, because I'm pretty bullish on how good we could be, because we got a lot of talent, and I think we're pretty deep, too. So I'm kind of just excited to see see where it goes, honestly like game to game, seeing how we adjust to uh, teams with different skill sets and how, um, you know, how we, how we face challenges in game, like how we respond to getting punched in the face, metaphorically, like how, <laughs> how um, you know, how we are when we're really good and how we are when we aren't so good. Um, I'm just excited to see how
0: that unfold. Gotcha. And when you guys honestly when um when you guys are playing and I'm very curious about like the mental side of things, do you still get like nervous before every tip off? Like how long does it take to like settle into games or is it like a, I step on the court and I'm always ready type of thing?
2: Um, I think like it's always, it's always been since I've been playing basketball until I like that first tip. Like soon as it gets tipped and it lands in my head, I get that the ball and dribble it up that's when like i'm like all right it's good now like but like always warm-ups like it's because like people are walking in like lights are going and like it's still like an anxious feeling but i think it might be a little bit more since i haven't played in front of people in a long time but as soon as as soon as it starts i think i'll be just fine
1: i'm kind of the same way except for defensive possessions like i'm i think i get like i'll be nervous until i we have like a good defensive possession, then confidence grows. I'm like, all right, let's like it's time to go. You know what I mean? I get, I get energy from that.
0: And do you? And okay, and this is nothing. I think that's probably more unique to us at Princeton because, again, not many people might be at the games. And because, and one of my favorite things about Princeton, I say this all the time, is. We are such a small student body so you get to know people on all the different sports teams so, like I get to show up to your games like I know guys on the team I think that's pretty cool and so I like go to the, even like the the homecoming football game I was like yelling people's names on the field and they would like look up and acknowledge me when you guys are playing do you hear people like yelling your name or are you so like focused in on the game that you don't even pay attention to anything else <laughs>
2: Um depends depends on the game like and the situation like if it's wild loud like probably not or um, like I can't really remember things like um, that stand out when people call my name but I probably hear it um, definitely if people are like heckling I'll, I'll remember <laughs> <laughs> I remember some hecklers yeah <laughs> yeah
1: probably the same answer like you don't I can't recall anyone heckling specifically but you hear you actually we hear it we hear it like after games like walk into the locker room you hear hecklers at least other places you don't hear it here to, hear it here too often.
0: Gosh, I was about to say. Hopefully, people don't listen. It's so like, right, we're about to heckle these guys more yeah, to, I mean, to make sure that yeah. they that they know what we're saying. Um, and then another thing. So for me, and again, I'm going to keep bringing up my basketball experience because it's the, the very limited one that I have from high school. Um, and so when I'm playing, I always used to take a lot of pride in my defense, and I actually took probably more pride in my defense. I thought I was better on defense than I was on offense. And personally, I always liked shutting someone down than scoring on them. And so I'm just curious as to your take on that. Which do you, like, take more pride in? Like, shutting someone down who, like, thinks they're nice? Because for me, that's there's always some dudes are like, oh, I'm so good, like, I can score on anybody. You shut them down, it's like, I right, what now? Versus, like, okay, getting a bucket on someone who thinks they're like a great defender. Which w- would each of you say you probably take more pride in?
1: Me, definitely defense. I'm a big defensive guy. I think I'm, I'm capable on offense, but, like, defense is where is where I make my bread, for real. I like
0: that. <laughs> I like that. that that's just like, <laughs> I,
1: get, I get so amped up by, like, shutting somebody down. So that, that's really what drives me.
2: Um, I'm, I definitely like buckets. <laughs> um,
0: Great quote. I like that. <laughs> I
2: definitely like to get buckets. Um, I've always also been, like, a little on the smaller side. So defense has been a little more challenging, especially with, like, bigger – your guards and like i feel like i'm a little slip like slippery on the court sometimes i think that helps me out more on offense than it does on defense so i like i like to get buckets and then say a little something after too
0: oh you talk you talk shit on the court i like that <laughs> a little, a little quiet.
2: i like to start give a little sarcasm in there too
0: <laughs> honestly well, that's okay what is the <laughs> what is the, how much of a of a, a back and forth is there when y'all play is there a lot of um like communication between players or is it a lot of just like all right this is like a business we're just like going back and forth or how much communication is there
2: uh with Ivy guys like not that much
0: like, all <laughs> like <really nice> <laughs> you ask each other about your homework and shit like that <laughs> like
2: it's there's not there's never really any moments where it's like malicious
0: or like yeah. it's just like which would make things a little more fun if y'all yeah. like hated each other or going at each other we're all
1: kind of the same bro. we're all kind of doing the same we're in the same process yeah.
2: like they, they probably coming from a hard class, <laughs> a hard class. <laughs> just, they
0: just man. had lab They had to hop on the bus so like i don't even want to be here right now yeah, yeah. So, but
2: it's it's still good though like well we've had some heated moments um and like that that's it's always fun getting some some trash talking out
0: yeah, word. All right. Well, and again, so this is another thing that I, I uh, touched upon earlier. You guys, the Duke game was our freshman year, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like you, you guys also played in MSG that year, right? Yeah. Where um, out of all the different locations that you've played, where would you say are the like your the coolest places you've played? Like the most surreal places? Just where have you enjoyed playing the most?
1: I think the coolest stadium that we played in was probably Indiana. Because it was just massive and, like, such a historic place. I think we played a lot of historic places. Duke was definitely up there, too. Duke is... I mean, I went to Duke Sports Camp as a kid because I'm from North Carolina. So, like, I knew how small the gym was. So, it wasn't, it wasn't a surprise when I walked in. But, like, I think Duke... Duke was definitely sick, too, just of how many people they just smash into there. But Indiana, for me, was probably the coolest place.
2: Yeah, Indiana was really cool. It was, like, really steep. Yeah. And it was... Like, you, it was just like you felt like you were in like what's that movie Hoosiers MSG was probably my favorite though especially because that was my first game and like I remember the feeling of walking out onto that court for the first time and like the lights hitting me and then like like I remember scoring my first point and then like going back on
0: defense and I was like, whoa, like this is what college basketball is. You had a sick dunk that game too. Yeah. You, was that, yeah. I feel like I remember that because I, yeah, I feel like I watch, I watch most of the games so so, and this is another thing for me where I'm such a, again, back to like, it's cool knowing people on TV, so I'm such a big sports fan and p- basketball is probably, probably my favorite sport to watch so it's cool always like seeing you guys on TV, it's like, oh shit, like, I have neuroscience class for that yeah. guy yeah. <laughs> like I saw that guy in Walla the other day yeah. so that's that's pretty dope alright more Duke cause again I'm obsessed with Duke I need to know a lot more about that game Zion fucking Williamson. how big is he in person <laughs> he's <Enormous. laughs> I, I remember I think it was you that he had the block on right oh, yeah, the, yeah. <laughs> I didn't see him coming he's I don't know how he's enormous
1: you know his head is at the backboard
2: oh, yeah um, but I was definitely like also really surprised with Cam Reddish like his height, like I didn't expect him to be like six nine or six ten,
1: yeah. whatever he is. Honestly, Zion wasn't that tall. He's just a massive human being. Yeah, he's like six six maybe, but he's like a refrigerator. <laughs> he's a he's a presence. Yeah. And he, during warm-ups, like when he's when he's like about to dunk, you could feel the energy in the room, like all turned towards him, and everyone is just like, "All right, what is he about to do right now?
0: Yeah. He's
1: about to crank something crazy." Uh, yeah, Jay is definitely right. Cam Reddish is also just massive. Just like he's probably he was probably the I've never seen someone his size move that well outside yeah. like in person
2: because he moves he moves so fluid and fast and it's just like it's like emblematic of KD. Yeah, for In sure. the way that he moves. Um, yeah, it was that was that was a fun game and like I I've played with RJ Barrett before, um, so it was good get to have that friendly competition again.
0: Uh, where did you play with uh, RJ? Uh,
2: he was, we were on
0: the national
2: team together, U16, um, Team Canada. Uh, we went to Argentina for like the FIBA Americas. Oh, nice! And then um, he was on my AU team for a little bit, for like a couple weeks, and then we were planning on going to the same high school. Uh,
0: Montverde, you like that one, or like somewhere else? It was before,
2: it was St. Marcelinas. So okay, he went to high school, before Montverde, and then they were trying to make it like a prep program, and then it
0: it fell apart, and then I went to Orangeville, then he went to Montverde. Gotcha. And Coach K, did y'all both shake his hand? What was that like? Was it like feeling the presence of God? (laughs) (laughs) It's actually
1: funny, uh, because I had met Coach K at the Duke camp before, when I was like 10 and 11, (laughs) and uh, he he was like giving a, a speech, like a lecture, like all the kids were sitting down, and I I was there with a couple of my friends, and they was roasting they was roasting somebody about his teeth, not Coach K's teeth.
2: Like his teeth.
1: And we were dying laughing. And he stopped, and he looked in like he fully looked into my soul, bro. I've never felt so small in my life before. He was like he was just like, LeBron doesn't do this, like Kobe would never do this. When I'm talking, everybody listens, and you guys are just like laughing to the side, bro. That was the scariest moment of my life and he obviously didn't know who I was like after we played him at Princeton like when Princeton played them but all of that was going through my mind when I shook his hand I was just like this guy has the eyes of God
0: <laughs> And also another small thing from that game cuz I'm obviously you guys were playing in it but watching it on the broadcast Jalen, every other second they mentioned how like you committed here because you thought the campus looked like Hogwarts I don't know if you realize that, like every other second, the analysts would say that. Is that true? Did you come to Princeton because it looked like Hogwarts? No,
2: they just took it and ran with it. It was—it's was more of like a cherry on the top situation. Like the school is great, and it looks—it like <laughs> looks like Hogwarts. Yeah, they—they so they, they were, uh, yeah, they ran with that one. But it was still fun. It was all in good fun.
0: Um, and then okay, kind of related to what you were saying about Cam Reddish. Who would each of you say is the hardest player that you've ever had to guard? Uh, Let's see. Bryce Aiken was pretty hard to guard. Bryce Aiken. That man is a bucket, okay? So I'm from New Jersey, and my high school is like 10 minutes away from here. And my freshman year, or no, the summer before my freshman year of high school, we had this, I don't know how we got to host this camp, but it was this camp with all the best schools in New Jersey. So it was like Tran Catholic Academy, Patrick School, which is where he went. Um, uh Roselle Catholic. All these schools were in our gym, and why not tell you? Out of all the players there, Bryce Aiken was the one who everyone was like, "Holy shit, this dude is filthy." I still remember this one again. Very basic move. It was like he like pump fake, like he was about to shoot a jump shot, and like dumped it down in the paint. Very basic move. I remember seeing like, "Holy, I've never seen that in my life." Dude is insane. So okay, I just had to interject to say Bryce Aiken is very, very. He's a he's a bucket. He's a bucket.
2: Yeah. <laughs> He's not that tall, and it's it's uh, guarding those like the smaller, really quick guards is like really challenging because like you take one little tiny step and they're already reacting to it. So yeah, yeah. he was like he was pretty good, and like Chris likes like the he was at Miami and he's like five seven yeah, or something like that. it was ridiculous to guard yeah.
1: I also probably think Shamori Pond. Shamori, Shamori Pond. Uh,
0: yeah. Did he go to where did he go St. to school? Saint John's. Yeah. 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 <laughs> he he mixed our whole team. <laughs> oh, we, when did we play Saint John's?
1: MSG freshman year.
0: Oh, that's who. Oh, that is who you played. Okay, gotcha, yeah. gotcha.
1: He's he's just a hooper. Honestly, <laughs> he, he, it's hard. It's just hard to stay in front of him.
0: No, I believe that. And yeah. for me, and again, I, I asked the question because I also want to answer it. My so funny story actually. My sophomore year, we actually played TCA when Richmond was on the team. Actually, that was my freshman year. So it was Richmond on that team, Malachi Richardson, Miles Powell, insane team. They blew us out by like 60. But there was this other guy in our um in our conference, Isaiah Wong, who now plays at U Miami. And again, where it's the type of thing where we don't realize, like because you guys are definitely in this boat too, like people who are like good at their sport and like very athletic, I don't think people realize just like how good they are at what they do. He was guy he who's he's was probably like six. There's a picture like uh, like of me guarding him. I'm about his height, but he's listed as like six two. He's probably six feet tall. The way the man could fly, the way the man like how quick he was, it was insane. I still have a video of me like stripping the ball from him. I go up to try to take a layup. Appears out of nowhere, blocks the shit out of me. I think he fouled me, but it didn't get called. But yeah, it's just insane. Like playing against like really good competition because as someone who takes pride in my defense. When someone cooks you, I'm like, "Aye, right, bro, yeah, you got it. I can do nothing yeah. but but tip my hat to yeah, you right yeah. now." <laughs> uh, give each other an NBA player comparison. AI, AI. AI. Okay, he was he was ready. Okay, uh, bro, when
1: you said it. The answer was like <laughs> just the way, like, because like you said, he's not like a a big guy. He's kind of slippery, but like he just plays with so much confidence and he's shifty, you know. So I've never I've never gotten
2: that one before. Hey, yeah, that's what it is. Man. That's <laughs> what <like>. I thought. <laughs> no, I actually don't know with Max. That question NBA comparison questions always make me like nervous. <laughs> like uh, uh, Malcolm Brogdon.
0: I, I could see some Brogdon. <laughs> you, you know you can't give yourself the confidence. <laughs> you know, I'm just offering just throwing some thoughts out. There, <laughs> that does, that does make sense though, because he's a he's a hooper and he does
2: like 100. percent what is expected
0: and needed from him? He'll do it,
2: and he plays some good ass
0: defense. That's it. That's his hallmark. His defense. That Virginia defense is different. Uh, it's like eighty <laughs> percent of what they do. It's all. It's so. Bad. I hate watching Virginia. Um, who are there any um big matchups on the schedule this year? Uh, yeah, we start after Rutgers game, then we have South Carolina. Oh shit! And then. Uh,
2: after that game, we'll either play uh, Minnesota or Western Kentucky. It's like a tournament down in Asheville. and then we also have um, Oregon State at some point.
1: Yeah, on the twenty first, twenty first, yeah, in at Oregon.
2: And then uh, other than that, it's just like the classic uh, tri-state region teams, like the Mammoths, the Drexels. Uh, yeah, a lot of good, got a <laughs> lot of good talent around here.
1: Oh, it's funny. We go back to this whole like being a student athlete thing. The day, the day after we fly back from Oregon State, I have to give a neuro presentation. God damn. <laughs> about, about computational psychotherapy,
0: bro. That ain't it, bro. So I've,
1: I've been trying to get a switch for a while, but I don't know how it's going to turn out, so I'm going to be doing some stuff on a, on a
0: flight back. I bet those Oregon State players do not have that same problem. You know, they they would not be doing right any, right <laughs> any, right any neuroscience presentations after. Yeah. <laughs> but, okay, so the season is about to kick off. Um, you guys have your first game in two days. What... And again, another thing that we spoke about a little bit earlier, what would you like to see more... Okay, let me rephrase the question. Do you feel like there's adequate support for not just your team, but just like sports in general on campus? I think... From the student body. I think there's a... I think there's a different
2: varying level for each team about how uh, how much support they get. And for basketball, I think... We, get, we could definitely use more. Like I feel like other teams um, have student bodies that heckle a lot, and we're not big hecklers, and I would love the students to come and heckle the other team.
0: You hear that, everyone? Show up to the basketball games and heckle the other team, please. You, know, you don't
2: you even have to cheer for
0: us. <laughs> just, just heckle them. We go,
2: we go places, and they, they get after us. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think there should be more support of other teams as well, like the other teams that don't get us much of a population coming, like, that play in, like, um, D-level, E-level, Jaguar, and yeah. stuff like that.
1: That's a good point. I think people show up for certain games. Like, it's usually people show up for Harvard or Yale. Um, but we all. I think we just also play, like, if the football team had 28 games, you know, that. I mean, it seems kind of ridiculous to make that comparison, but if they had that many games, I don't think many people would, and especially some of them during the week, People probably wouldn't show up to the ones during the week just because they're like i got homework to do and it's cold (laughs) that's basically why that's i think that's why a lot of people don't show up to japan even though i think it's kind of a lame excuse like it it's also probably like whatever that's what they're thinking about um but we do have a lot of games and i get that you know
2: i mean it makes sense it's far and it's cold yeah People got other stuff to do. Yeah,
1: but it would be it would be nice if our gym was packed every game. But you know, that's
2: wishful thinking. But, but we get a we get a good population of little kids uh, and <laughs> <laughs> the, the little kids show love. Yeah, they do show love for real. <laughs> like Theo, uh, our yeah. coach's kid. Like he's the leading heckler. I love that. <laughs> he, he yells, yes, sir, yes, sir. and it's a little kid voice, so it pierces, yeah. it pierces the air, so the whole gym hears, yes, he's the only one doing it,
0: too. <laughs> The G-rated heckling. Yeah. But no, and the reason that I bring that up is because, like I mentioned beforehand, that is probably the one thing that I think is missing out of my college experience that I really wanted was like showing up to games and droves and really just like having that like sports experience also. Because I remember... It was your game. I think it was against Penn or either freshman or sophomore year. The game went to overtime. I'm, like, standing up and cheering. Everyone's just, like, sitting down. I'm, like, yo, this is not how sports work. Can we, like, get a little more into the game? So it is, I can imagine how frustrated it must be from your perspective as well, where it's, like, we're putting out a good product on the court. We would like more support, but it probably isn't showing up as much as you would like. But then again, it's Princeton. It's, yeah. I don't know. You know? <laughs> We didn't sign up for a Duke fan base. Exactly. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair yeah, enough. You yeah. sort of knew what you were what you were signing up for when you were when you were coming to Princeton, yeah. which is fair. And kind of transitioning a little bit away from the court um, to you guys as friends. You spoke about how you both um, or who said that when they came here they saw the two players who were really close friends. That was, that was Max. Yeah. Okay. How would you say that your friendship has been able to grow over the the last four years?
1: You know, Jay and I were really that close freshman year, which is kind of unexpected because we have, like, pretty similar backgrounds. Like, we both went to boarding school in Virginia.
0: Whoa, that's specific of us. A- you know, it is, it, <laughs> but it so makes a difference. <laughs> Trust me, it makes a difference because there's
1: the commonality of experience. Uh, we really got close sophomore year when uh, he had a, he had a nice common room. Like a really sick, <laughs> he had a really sick setup in his, his
0: place. He and, used him for his commoner, but it's not even that. It was just like it was a vehicle, a
2: medium of
1: friendship, I guess.
2: Uh, right, right by the golf course. So yeah, like, it brought good vibes. We oh, in like, Forbes, like, Forbes, yeah. Know. We
1: would just sit in the back and like watch the clouds spin across the sky and stuff. This was it was fun, bro. Um, I guess I don't know. We're both like I really can say I'm kind of a weird guy. I don't, like, the stuff that comes through my head is not what most people would think about. And I think Jalen is good at, like, giving me the space just to say random shit and, like, stuff. that. Have you ever seen Atlanta?
0: I have seen Atlanta, you yes. You know the
1: character, uh, who is it? Is it Darius? Or oh,
0: um, uh, is it Lakeith Stanfield's character? Yeah, that maybe. guy? Yes, yes, yes. Okay,
1: I'm, I kind of see the way that I communicate is... He's probably a little extreme. But
0: I'm like
1: <laughs> in that same vein where I'm just saying random shit, and Jay is good at like just accepting it and like, like giving me the space to be who I am, and I think that's uh, that's been good. Like, it's kind of been built off of like being able to just say whatever. Yeah, I don't know how his experience is, but I, that's how I feel.
0: Jalen's like, no, you're just weird.
2: (laughs) No, like, I mean, we're both weird, but, like, I think we're, at times, like, on the same wavelength. And, like, we're able to, like, pick our brains past surface level. And, like, it could be on any topic, like, serious or not serious. But it's on a different level of, like, understanding. Yeah. It has definitely grown a lot. Like, um Freshman year, we we were definitely not as close, but we definitely should have because we have a lot of the same experiences and like been through a lot of stuff. But it's been it's been mad fun. I still remember the first time I met you. And, oh, during the <laughs> sports camp. Yeah. I was sitting outside of Dylan reading. Yeah, he was sitting laying down on the ledge at Dylan <laughs> waiting for me to give him his keys, and he was reading the book. <laughs> and I was like. It's, it was only like a two minute wait, uh, and yeah. I, I just came from playing Fortnite, and I was like,
0: "Holy moly, this guy's got to be a genius." <laughs> and he he is a genius. He has. Oh. We're in. The, we have a. a nerf for, oh, first of all, did you drop the monsters class? Did you? No. Oh, you. Oh.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was
0: about to say, did I just expose you for? That? I mean, I'm killing it. Come okay, on. I love to hear that because I'm about to say, I said, okay, no nothing. Okay, I thought you dropped the class. Word, word, word. But no, no, Max is, he's a smart guy. We've, because we're both neuro majors, we've had a lot of classes together over the years. Smart guy. Thanks. He, he he knows what he's talking I'm about. I'm trying. <laughs> but I always know what I'm talking you about. You ask questions in the class, I'm like, damn, that's a good-ass question. I, <laughs> I can't even come up with any questions, but <laughs> what? Outside of yourselves as basketball players, what is one thing that no one would know about either of you? Know or guess about either of you? Uh, um,
2: I, in the ninth grade, I was top 100 in Call of Duty.
0: Whoa. Okay, that's impressive. Yep,
2: 97, Call of Duty Ghosts. Damn. Yep, I was getting after. i had no life.
0: <laughs> basketball and gaming, that's Staying
2: it. home after school, game for six hours, play basketball for an hour and a half, come back, <laughs> game for another three. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. For me, probably, I like to write poetry. I was, uh, in high school, I was like the editor of their uh, literary arts magazine. I also can speak Chinese, and you definitely wouldn't know that.
0: You could speak Chinese, yeah. Because of what? Why? How I
1: studied? I studied in high school, and I did like an immersion program. Like after my sophomore year, I spent two months there, like a homestay, and it was sick. She like my homestay's mother. She was so cool, bro. She didn't know any. She didn't know any English, but she would like try so hard. She would call me Makasa. <laughs> you know? like my, my Chinese name was Feng <laughs> Tianshao, but she would call me Makasa because like, that was my name, you know? and we would just like sit. We would sit like before going to bed. She asked me what my favorite my favorite uh, fruit was, and I said grapes. And we would sit on her couch uh, with like just the TV on in the background, and she would just like we just talk to each other. It was so cool, you know.
0: Damn, that is dope as fuck. I would have never guessed. Yeah. Yeah. Whoa. Okay. That's <laughs> a, that. Honestly, that's a whole nother podcast episode talking about your experience in China. But we won't. We won't yeah. need to get into that now. I'm glad I asked that question. That was yeah. nice. Nice. Okay. Um. And actually, before we get to the tiger confession section, I just came across this article the other day, and it it says, or well, it's a it's an article about the highest all time earning athletes ever. And so, quick trivia question. Who do? Who are your? Each of your guesses as to who the all-time earning athlete is? All time. All time.
1: It's gotta be a soccer player.
0: Oh man, I actually don't know. Uh, when I say the answer, you guys, you guys gonna be like, oh,
1: It's not Tiger Woods.
0: I need, I need, a, I need a guess. Okay. Is that is that your
1: official guess? No, no, no. I'm, gonna, <laughs> I'm just gonna guess Ronaldo.
2: Okay. Uh, I was gonna
0: say Ronaldo, so I'll just say a basketball player and say MJ correct. Michael Jordan is the answer and Tiger Woods is actually number two. Oh, wow. And it's funny because Ronaldo is okay, I'm going to read the top ten. And it's a Michael Jordan, Tiger Woods, Arnold Palmer,
2: Sick. Wow.
0: Jack Nicholas, Ronaldo's number five, Floyd Mayweather six, LeBron James, Lionel Messi, Michael Shoemaker, and Roger Federer. Wow. So there's, yeah, random trivia. I like sprinkling three in
1: golfers though. What's up with that?
0: I, that's I didn't know they made that. Yeah, three golfers. I didn't know they made that much money in golf. Three golfers, two soccer players, one boxer, which is Floyd that just like one fight makes like three hundred million. Yeah. It's absurd. Uh-huh. But yeah. Um, I just wanted to sprinkle sprinkle in a little bit of trivia before we get to Tiger Confessions. Um, because we've already done what an hour. Damn. See, it goes by fast. Yeah. Um, okay, and so first Tiger Confessions question. It says, How do I make new friends as an upperclassman? it's tough
1: <laughs> <laughs> a lot of that is through the eating eating clubs I guess and if you're not in one then I don't know <laughs> so, it's through your, I feel like a lot of people make friends through the activities they do and like just being in the same place as somebody and like performing the same activities so, I don't know strike up a conversation after class or something be bold Yeah. brazen <laughs> yeah. You
2: just gotta put yourself out there because I'll remember it. If you say some wi- something wild to me, I'll probably remember it.
0: <laughs> That's a, say something. So, there you go. Say something wild. No. <laughs> That's your advice? Say something wild. Mm-hmm. Okay, I like that. Um, how do I make new friends in our Arbor Classroom? Honestly, you're right. Eating Club is where I've made most of the new friends that I've made this year. But if you're not in one... It's not too late to join a club, I guess. Yeah. Um, join clubs.
1: You also got co ops, you
0: know. There's co ops. People, yeah.
1: people in your, just people you're associated with.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Like you said, stay after class, talk to people. Although I'm the first one out the door of every class, I'm just like, I wanna leave. Um, I bet there's people who stay a little bit longer. Yeah. Um, honestly, that's actually a hard question. I don't. Make new friends as an upperclassman. Yeah, just. I don't know. Good. Yeah. I... This should be an easier question to answer, but I feel like a lot of the friendships we make are first two years, and then it's just like solidifying those the last two years. I will
1: say, though, I think people are usually open to friendship. Like, no one's gonna look at you funny if you just say what's up.
0: Yeah, like, exactly. Strike up a conversation with yeah. somebody.
1: It seems intimidating, but like, I think people appreciate when you do make, like, initiate a conversation.
0: So yeah. And we're all, yeah, most people are friendly. No one's gonna be like, fuck off, leave me alone. Yeah. So, fair enough. Um, and then second question, advice on how to unfriend my roommate. Uh, I don't know how to do that. <laughs>
1: i just do, I don't know.
2: Wear headphones at all times. <laughs> you have to have music playing.
1: Yeah. Just make sure your schedule's never aligned.
2: Or probably do the responsible thing. <laughs> and strike up a conversation. <laughs> but we all know that's
0: difficult.
1: Yeah um uh, yeah i don't know how to unfriend your roommate like they're still roommates like they're currently living together and stuff i think so yeah i don't know i guess just keep it short and sweet you know i always give them like just like silly cut it
0: off <laughs> real curt with all your answers yeah Honestly, yeah. these questions usually i have like well like thought out responses to to the questions that i ask or the questions that i pull up both of these i'm like i don't even how do you unfriend your roommate i don't know and i'm someone who i don't know what your roommate situations were like your first few years here but i think the the random roommate situation here is very very hit or miss i think my roommates will all say it was a miss <laughs> i don't think i'm the only one who would say that but again i don't think we we didn't feel a need to like unfriend each other at any point it was yeah. like a, okay we're different types of people and we will live together for a year and then keep it pushing yeah. after so i guess that that is my advice to you um survive the year and then keep it pushing yeah. be, be cordial always yeah that's it Um, uh, but yeah that's all i got for you um that i think another great episode yeah. thank you thank you both for coming on do you have any final words for the people no final words just be
1: bold be, be bold, bold.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I want people to listen to this and just, like, come up and scream crazy shit at you all year so, so Spark my days up. <laughs> yeah, Don't yeah, make it interesting. But yeah.
1: Appreciate you having us on here.
0: Of course. Thank you for coming. Um, and, yeah, everyone, go support the basketball team. Support every sports team on campus. Support. Honestly, just support everyone. I got friends in a dance show I'm going to tomorrow. I feel like this year especially, it's like we've missed out on so much. We all need to, like, support each other in everything we do. And yeah. it's, like, sports, dancing, acapella, yeah. just show up for each other, show up for each other. Yeah, that's all I got. This has been another episode of Go With The Flow. Thank you for listening.